0: Welcome to Cook in the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cook in the Books. Before we go any further this week, I just want to say a massive thank you very much to everyone for the constant support on this season, throughout all the seasons, but especially this season. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I asked everyone if they could go and give us a rating or a starred rating or a review on their podcast provider app to help us break into that top 10. The closest we got was 12 and I really want to get in that top 10 for the that was the ambition of season 4 and we did it last week. We got ranked number 8 in the, in the Australian food category on the iTunes app, which predominantly is the, the main provider of podcasts. So a massive thank you very much. I'm super appreciative of uh, everyone's support and, you know, it makes, me, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy, which is really good. Uh, and this, is, this episode will be the last episode for a week. We're going to miss next week due to the spring, cardinal, spring spring racing here in Melbourne. We're all absolutely getting slogged in this industry at this moment. So I'm going to give it a break for next week because I'm going to be under the pump and it'll be back to normal. I think we've got about five or six more episodes to come to see us out till Christmas and then there'll be another break because I'm coming, I'm coming home. I'm going to England for a a few weeks to see some friends and whatnot. So, yeah, thank you very much. And um, let's get back into the show. Perfect. This week on the podcast, I spoke to Danny Parker, head chef of Jesmondine Dean House. Uh, Jasmine Dean House has got a super soft spot in my heart. I worked there for five years and I loved every minute of it. I also got married to my wife there, Rebecca. So yeah, I love that spot. It was actually quite crazy when I, I, he first answered the phone. He was just going in the office. And I started Jasmine Dean House a month before it actually opened. So I remember it all getting built and whatnot. So really crazy that he's now there running it. Danny loves to compete. He's competing in Great British Menu. Master Chef professional, Rue Scholarship, Northeast Chef of the Year. He's competed in so many restaurants. He was also in so many restaurants, in so many competitions, and he, he feels like. Well, he talks about it, but he feels like it's really beneficial. He also was the head chef at Kenny Atkinson's restaurant, uh, House of Tides, which has got a Michelin star. That was his last job before moving to Jasmine Dean about eighteen months ago. So I guess he's going there to maybe elevate the food and and help Jasmine Dean go on to their next will help them evolve into, the, into what, they, what they want to be next. So, yeah, this is Danny. What a fucking load of babble I just said then. But anyway, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it. Now, over to the show. Are you at home or what? No, no, I'm, a, I'm at the hotel. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> in the glass box?
1: In the glass, in the fishbowl?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are you um Oh, I are, you, are you in yet? Can we talk? Should we go? Should we start? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm all sorted now. I'm in the office. The lads are, the lads are doing service.
0: Beautiful. Where are you from?
1: Uh, it's a bit of a long... Well, my dad was in the army, um, so I was born in Aldershot
0: oh, yeah. down
1: on the south coast. Then in Dor- we lived in Dorset and Weymouth, and then I moved to Kuwait um, when I was five and then came back when I was nine, and then ended up, so my parents are both from little villages near Stockton and Darlington.
0: Oh, yeah. What the, what the village is called? So
1: then, uh, one of Bishopton.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. And no.
1: Stillington. Oh, okay. Um, so I ended up there. I've
0: been to some parties um, around, and then, around Stockton, village, some villages around uh, Stockton. There's,
1: some, there's always some good parties down that way. <laughs> um, and then ended up, stayed there, and then moved to Newcastle when I was twenty-three, um, to work with Kenny. Yeah. And then now my accents just all in over the Between shot. everything.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> well, listen, I was gonna say newly appointed, but you've been at Jasmine Dean like eighteen months <laughs> now, or
1: something, haven't you? Yeah, is it about eighteen months? Yeah. So July, technically, it was July twenty eighteen. I started. Yeah.
0: And how's it going? Um,
1: Yeah, really good, really good. It was really, really tough in the beginning, really tough. Um, But now, do you know what? We've we've turned a corner, um, and it's it's so much fun. So much fun.
0: When you say tough, do you mean staff wise or?
1: Yeah, so obviously I took over in the July. Um, Michael had left, and obviously taken as many staff as he could with him.
0: Oh, right, Um, I get it.
1: Which is it's not nice to be on the other end of, but. You, you would do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? And you know, on the um, same hand, sometimes it's nice to have a clear out, let's be honest.
1: Exactly. The only problem with having the clear out is, although it's lovely, you then have to find the replacements. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And we all know how, how that is. But luckily, we've got them. That's great. Um, but yeah, without them, you know all too well, without them in a place this size um, that runs 24 hours a day, it yeah kind of takes you its need toll hands, on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need hands and you need
1: people. You need hand, you? you need people to talk to. Yeah,
0: yeah. You need
1: people to to lean on and sit, like it's I love the fact that you know, in a in a very selfish way, I love the fact that people think that I make everything happen here, but that's absolutely not the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Um I speak to the people that make everything happen.
0: Yeah. We well, just like, can't you? I just can't be everywhere. Yeah.
1: And I just like to make sure that they're keeping up the standard that we want to keep up. Yeah, yeah. But they have their own minds and they have their own hands and stuff like that. And they make it what it is. But without them, that first, Jesus, six months, um, it was really difficult, yeah.
0: Were you thinking, what did I do?
1: Yeah, because I'd come from House of Tides where we shut six weeks of the year. We had the same two days off for everyone. I had the same team every single day. Yeah. And it was owned by a chef. A very good chef. That if someone didn't come in or someone was on the sick, your standing was Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. he, he would he would just come and take. Fuck me, like he'd just come in and take over. What like he'd usually he'd usually do the pass and then bump me down onto the meat or the fish or whatever. But that was your replacement. Was yeah. Kenny? Atkinson. I it was nice. Do you know um, what I mean? It'd
0: be nice to you know for sure. Like yeah. get him in for sure. I could imagine that'd be but great. Then,
1: Going from that uh again, the hotel which you don't have a Michelin star chef to to come and help you out when do you know what I mean, when someone hasn't called when someone hasn't come in or you don't have that that security where you shut to no matter how bad it gets you shut two days a week to yeah, recuperate. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. You've only got to you, get to, through till Saturday night or Sunday afternoon or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you've <laughs> always got that in the back of your mind, whereas here, it's always in the back of your mind, like we've got tomorrow and, and Sunday breakfast. Sunday
0: yeah, Sunday lunch <laughs> and then Monday, yeah, And don't exactly. forget, breakfast,
1: breakfast yeah, goes yeah, on yeah, until yeah. Sunday lunch starts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's crazy. I rem- and I remember working them. there, well, there, you know, at, like obviously, I worked there right at the beginning, and um, the yes. days when you would, you know, if you'd be off Monday, Tuesday, one week, and Friday, Saturday, the following week, you'd be like, <laughs> "Fucking, this is gonna be one hell of a slog." This, do you know what I mean? There might yeah. be a, there might be a breakfast thrown in there as well, and someone's phone in six. So oh man, there were lots of covering
1: them, two, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, covering two, doing a triple. I remember doing a few triples; it was crazy, just but, just for fun. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, you know what else you're saying about the staff? I always felt like we struggled uh, location-wise there. It's a real awkward place to get to, isn't it? So we're talking about Jesmond Dean House in Newcastle. Um, yeah, I found it. Do you, do you find that as well?
1: I think it's the most bizarre thing because it's, it's I, I do the drive every night out of Newcastle and it takes me no more than three minutes to the Tyne Bridge. Yeah, yeah we we're, we're not a million miles away for anything but you are but you know you you're just outside it's just a bit and, awkward isn't it yeah um so there's that but the, you know there's there's bus stops there's this... The hotel have fantastic policies with paying the first £3 for taxis. Oh, is that still going? And, That's great, like, yeah. Yeah, the taxi policy is still going, and, you know, it, do, it especially it does help, especially with, like, the breakfasts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a bit, you know, you can't have staff accommodation in a place like this because you're in the middle of Jesmond, and if, you know, you walk up that bank and you're in Jesmond and there's hundreds and hundreds of flat shares, yeah yeah. There's no there's no reason for us to have staff accommodation. Yeah. And I don't think it'd help in I don't think it'd help actually in the long run because because of all the accommodation that's out there but it is it's tough to just in general I think everyone wants to say that recruiting staff is tough and things like that but you know I was in I was in this house of tides bubble for so long where people people would climb on you to walk in that kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um and hotel, not just from Dean, hotels aren't like that. Um, you know, especially in this day and age with the, the new wave of chefs coming through, they want they kind of want their hours to be nice and this, that. And, this. and hotels, we, we struggle to give them that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do now. We've You know, I've changed it. The guys have four days on, three days off.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's a great um, system.
1: Which is, it's something that, you know, a lot of people in the industry are doing now um and i think jesmond dean house is always it's always somewhere since i've known about the place for years somewhere that's wanted to stay ahead of the trend um yeah and i think things like that with staff and the jesmond dean house family that they they speak about i think that's key to to staying ahead of the trend is is to implement that for the kitchen staff
0: definitely i also think you um talking about implementing trends i felt like uh they were always ahead of the trend like you say with yeah. res- we with recycling we were we were doing uh, composting mm. we were separating plastics we were doing like boxing up you know it, they had that cardboard press thing out the back we were doing that like 15 <laughs> years ago or something do you know what i mean like they were yeah. right on top of that i think tony and peter do you know i think they're quite into the green um properties and all the rest of it aren't they
1: Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we you know, we've taken it in the last six months there's now recycling bins throughout the kitchen. Um, we've got food waste, general waste, and then your your plastics. Mm, which um, is you know, fifteen um, years. Sorry, ago. Cardboards. Yeah, which is great, isn't it?
0: It's it's really good. Like it's it's you know, not It much- is like on the one
1: hand that you're implementing and you're like, Jesus, it's a lot like I have to teach staff now how to separate and it sounds so simple. But when you're busy in the middle of service it's and you're there and you're like, Jesus, guys, can you not tell the difference between food and blue roll? But then now it's just natural and everybody does it. And yeah. if someone doesn't do it, it's, whoa, mate, what are, you, what are you doing? And they all look out for each other in it. And the composting, you know, that's still going. The coffee grounds, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of them are still being like, look- it's great. It's all the same.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. And how did you, how did you go this year with the garden?
1: garden has been incredible has it? um you know peter peter gives it a six out of ten <laughs> um incredibly harsh incredibly harsh gardener i feel peter <laughs> um but it's you know it's producing a lot i think i wouldn't be the first to say that there's a lot of stuff in the garden but there isn't an awful lot of everything yeah apart yeah. from apples yeah yeah But we try and make the most of what we do. So, you know, there's there's a couple of artichokes out there. Like, literally, I think we got three or four heads this year. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to put artichokes on my menu because we've got four in the garden. (laughs) But for the young apprentice that's never seen an artichoke before. Yeah, yeah. When he comes out to the garden, I'm like, this is an artichoke. And we're going to pick it. We're going to take it back. We're going to prep it. We're going to cook it that's priceless. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Do you know what I
0: mean? Oh, 100%. Um, When you see it like that, exactly like, yeah, it it is. It really, I find it really sinks in as well. Do you know, like, like if you, if you go to with, if someone's talking to you about wine in a classroom, it's hard to follow. But if you go to the vineyard and you're there in the middle of the vineyard and they're talking about it, it sinks in a lot better. Well, for me personally, and I think most chefs have that kind of mindset as opposed to like bookworm kind of style.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, just, just about, what, last week, the week before, uh, you know, we were planning a new autumn menu, and I took one of the lads out, Carlos, and Cal- Carlos is one of my star guys. He's 17, and he's, he's incredible. Um, and he walks into this kitchen. Generally, uh, he comes in about noon every day. He's a late starter because there's 40 hours only thing. Um, <laughs> but he comes in, and I was like, oh, will you going to get me some apples from the garden? He's like, where are they? I was like, are you, are you joking? And he's like, no, where are they? I was like, car honestly, the, the car park is full of them. You walk past it. And he, the poor lad probably walks in on his phone or listening to his music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. took him out and we picked, we picked a load of black um, apples. And then behind them, just next to the new house, um, we picked a load of blackberries. Yeah, beautiful. And we didn't have to travel. We didn't spend too long doing it. And now they're both on the menu. And only a week, two weeks ago, he, he hadn't even noticed the apples in the garden, and now he's, now he's thinking about it completely different, and he under, like what I said, I said nature's got this funny way of putting things together, um, apples are ready at the same time as blackberries, it's not a surprise that we put them all in a crumble, or that they all go together with venison, which is also in season at this time of year, and little things like that in the garden as you walk into jesmond dean house that's priceless like, oh, it beautiful. really is priceless yeah, it's
0: beautiful it, it's absolutely beautiful but you can laugh and be like oh yeah i didn't notice him but I, just a few months ago we were walking through walking around and i never even noticed we have pink peppercorn trees all over where i live heaps <laughs> of pink peppercorn trees and this a girl uh, marie uh, marie sanderson she she's like oh i didn't realize you had so many pink peppercorn trees and i've been walking under these trees for you know a few years i never even noticed <laughs> and now i see them everywhere so yeah it, it people can laugh and say oh i didn't notice but you don't if someone doesn't point things out to you sometimes you just don't notice things do you know what i mean
1: yeah you don't you don't Especially when it's a daily thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And did you get any wild garlic from the Dean this year?
1: Yes, we got, um, so we went down. And so the Dean's a funny place because one side is ready at one time, one time and then the other side is ready a month later or two weeks later. So, um, yeah, we got some wild garlic. So before that, we'd gone through and we'd got a load of the, uh, the pods, um so before it flowers you've got the the seed pod
0: oh i, I, um, I don't know about this sorry i don't know go on so what's it before so the actual the, so you've got the leaf haven't you and then it flowers yeah so
1: you've got the leaf and we take that yeah and then after that you get the the pod which has got all the seeds in right okay and then if you leave that the seeds come out and then you get the flowers
0: yeah yeah the white the white aren't they
1: yeah 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 so we collect the first of all we got the you know we got the wild garlic itself and then we went and got the seed pods. Um and we fermented them. So nice. we, we salted them we salted them for a couple of weeks. And then we pickled them with uh, malt vinegar and white wine vinegar and sugar. Um and then they just sit in the fridge. They're still in the fridge now, they'll be in probably until at least another month. But then in December we'll probably have venison with white garlic on the menu. Yeah. And
0: nice. we'll
1: we'll just put just put that them seed pods through the sauce. Um and they'll really give that lovely strong flavor. We did exactly the same with the seeds. We salted them down. Um, and it just means, you know, again, we're not pretending that we're self-sufficient or that we're this, that we that. It's just nice to be connected and to get the lads all out at 2 o'clock after lunch service. And you look around and there's like six, seven lads picking wild garlic and pods and understanding where stuff comes from. it, it, it it's just priceless. It really is in the middle of Newcastle.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the benefit exactly of working in the, like in the CBD, you know, in the, in the city itself. Do you know what I mean? You've had, you can literally a couple of steps and you can be out in the garden. That's, you know, like as a sales pitch to pull chefs to, to you, that's one of the things, isn't it? Surely, do you know what I mean? You can come here. The kitchen's fantastic you know, the space you've got, the equipment you've got. And then on the back of that is we've got the garden and we've got the dean just there, which we're taking this from. And there's a young up-and-coming chef. They're the kind of things that, you, that you're craving. If you, you know, you want to go to the Lake District or work in one of these big hotels or, do you know what I mean? But you can be in the city and still live with your mum and dad and still get the same same vibe and not have to be somewhere really rural, you know?
1: Absolutely, and that's what, it's one of the things that drew me to this place. One of the things that drives guests to this place is you're literally three minutes from the Time Bridge. And honestly, you sit on the terrace or in the restaurant, you look out the window you could be in the middle of the Lake District, you wouldn't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, even in some of the rooms, if you've got the bedroom window open, you can hear the stream and that going by in the Dean. It's beautiful, man. I, I've got a real soft spot, obviously, for Jesmond Dean House. Like, uh, I got married there for one thing. You know, it was it's where my where my career really started. I yeah, like, yeah. You know, I really started doing some some leaps and bounds when I was working there, and yeah, it's, I love that spot. But you you started off well. look, Correct me if I'm wrong, but were you in Winyard Hall?
1: Yeah, well, I started off in a, in a pub in the village where I grew up. Uh, I started off as a pot washer at 14, um, probably working some illegal hours or something at 14. And then <laughs> it got to a stage where I was like, if I'm going to be a chef and I'm going to work, I don't know, I was working, say, 50 hours a week at the, the pub. Why don't I go and do this in a better place than a pub um, and become a really good chef?
0: Did you work that out yourself? So, um, I know it sounds stupid. But did you work that out yourself, or did your mom or someone
1: say to yeah, you? Yeah, I remember reading um, Gordon Ramsay's Humble Pie. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: And I remember reading that and, it, and basically saying, if you want to be better, you have to work in better places and you have to push yourself harder. And you know, I was, I was 18, 19 at the time, and my friends are bricklayers, and this, or some of them are going to do seasons of Ibiza. And I honestly, I I liked it. I thought the industry was really cool. Like you can smoke whenever you want, which is obviously really cool. It's obviously not. But at the <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, yeah, like the guys are going for breaks whenever they want and this, that, and the other. Obviously, like I realize now they're not, but that's how it's seen. And it was really cool. So anyway, I ended up at Wynyard Hall and um, I met a guy called Alan O'Kane there, who was the head chef. Um, he was now godfather to my daughter oh that's good and the guy for everything that he's taught me as a chef and everything along them lines the incredible lessons I've had the biggest thing that I noticed was knowledge and I remember his first he started about two weeks after I got there and he came in and I'm not joking he had like a wheelbarrow full of books (laughs) And he yeah, put them yeah. in the office, and you know what? The first, the first thing I brought into Jasmine Dean House Kitchen was all of my books, because I remembered Alan doing it. And he used to say, "If you ever want to read any of my books, you just go and sit in my office." And I used to, I used to go in early. I used to stay back late just to. you know, These books are not cheap, you know. And as a as a young commie on a commie salary, you yeah. can't afford like all eight, these books. Eight it's, grand a year or
0: something at Levine
1: somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to be able to read all of them, thing and it, he really opened me up to. There's there's food, and, and then there's I hate the word there's fine dining. Yeah. Um, and fine dining it doesn't mean what it used to mean by any stretch. Um, and I re I hate people's perception of it, but it's the extra care, attention to detail and stuff. And when you read these books, you realise what these things, what this food means to people around the world. So learning that from Alan at Winyard, that was that yeah. was honestly priceless.
0: It's like it's almost like the food, like it's almost like a language of its of its own. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's reading not the same books, but everyone's on the. But you know, there's trends around the world, and every and it's always evolving. And it is a bit like a language because you can be with someone from France, or you could be someone from Spain, or. Someone from Australia, and you all know what the language is at the moment. You know, like maybe fermenting. Yeah. It might be fermenting. It was foraging. It was purees, and it just evolves. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and everyone is learning, is evolving that language. And, and I don't know. It is. It is very much like a language. I, I find. So uh, I think. God, sorry, sorry. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Carry on, <laughs> please, please.
1: I think it is very much like a language. But the, the funniest thing when you say it, everyone's reading the same books. It's, I find it, it's very similar to when you read a recipe. You know, If I walked out of my office now and gave a recipe to everyone in that kitchen, and two hours later come back, I'd have five very, very different dishes, or very different purees, or whatever recipe I gave them. And I find that when people read books, they interpret things differently, or they take different parts of someone's ethos, things that resonate with them. So. Just looking at my bookshelf now, you know, I've got Tommy Banks sat next to Jason Atherton. Yeah, yeah. Both of whom outstanding chefs with very very completely different outlooks on the food, the philosophies and everything. And there's so many levels to their philosophies and so many levels to their food that if two or three of us read it, we would all come away with different things that inspire us from it. Definitely. And, and you, only,
0: you only have to look at, you only have to look at nations for that. You know, we've all got yeah. chickens, for instance, and we, you know, the yeah. French might comfy the legs, where Southern America deep fry the legs. And then, do you know what I mean? Like... Or, or, a lot of people have got the same ingredients. Mexico to to Africa, and it's what what grows there. So, like you say, everyone's got that influence, their own influence, their own take, and yeah, exactly what you're saying. And that's that's what's, you know your mum and your life experiences put onto that. Do you know where you've been on holiday might put onto that.
1: Absolutely. And do you know what the funny now? Obviously, you're you're saying this to me now, and I'm thinking. Robbie Bell, you worked here with Sean Hurrell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're in Australia making terrines and um, all the meats and stuff like that. And Sean's in Durham making tacos.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you both
1: worked here at the same time. Yeah. Learning from the same people. Yeah. And now do very, very different things, both with food sometimes the same ingredients yeah 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 exactly it's crazy right it's it, crazy it's incredible the the streams that you can go and that that's what i personally love so much about this industry is nobody can tell you you're wrong after a certain point, you're just doing something different to what someone else is.
0: Yeah, I, I'm learning that as well. Like, I was very um, focused on restaurants and hotels, and you know, I thought mm. that was that was going to be the only route for me. I was like, well, that's you know, that's yeah. it. That this is you'd be a chef, and but now I've stepped away from that, and we're doing wholesale. I'm seeing so mm. many more things, like so many more things in, in, that, that's available out there. And, not, and it doesn't yeah. even have to be restaurants. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, actually, I, I always think about like a get out. I always talk about um, a, like a exit strategy or a get out plan or whatever it might be for <laughs> chefs. It's something that yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in because like you can't, not everyone, and you're probably a bit different. You've got yourself into a good position,
1: you know, like. Um, you There's know, still a, there's still a uh, somewhere where i want I don't want to be either behind a stove when i'm forty five fifty or sat in an office pretending I'm a chef yeah yeah when I'm forty do you know what I mean and I've got my idea of I don't know which way life will take me there's a couple of ideas of where I'd like to end up but i th- I think you're really right in what you're saying there
0: no it is, it's you know you just can't like i think like i've i've said it before I, I truly feel like chefs and athletes are very similar in 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 that aspect like an athlete comes the the sad thing about athletes is that the their their passion their love it it's almost over at 35 for most of them apart from you know some of them get to go into management some get to be analysts on tv or whatever but as a whole you know the left back for you know, Bristol City five years ago when he turned 35, what's he doing now? Do you know what I mean? Like, if he didn't get himself... If he wasn't smart and got himself into some good positions, he, he, there's a potential where he could be, you know, back working as an electrician. Do you know what I mean? Like, which is, it isn't a bad thing. Yeah, but that isn't his passion. Do you know what I mean? Where as a chef, I feel like that's the same. Like, you could get to 45 and be like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, I can't keep standing, I can't be on the stove, I'm trying to you know, I've got kids and this, that, the other and it's just something that people should be thinking of like, there's other options as well out there and maybe you have to do a course maybe you've got to, you know, you've got to push yourself and do a business course or you need to push yourself and do whatever course you might be as a, as a secondary strategy for when you come to the end, do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I absolutely agree and I think if if you don't have that that exit strategy you are you're going to you're going to get to a stage where you're like, fuck, what? what do I, I cannot stand behind the stove anymore. It doesn't matter how much you love standing behind the stove. Chefing is a, is a young guy's game. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and the higher up the, you know, if you start going into the one, two, three-star kitchens, it, it has a time limit on it before. And not only that, but as a, as a mental thing, if you're really pushing and pushing and pushing when you're younger to be the best chef that you can, once you get to a certain age, you don't want to be on the stoves working for someone else anymore. And again, I, I go back to, to Kenny at House of Tides. Kenny opened a restaurant in his vision of what him and his, his wife wanted to do and the family and stuff, and they put so much effort into that. And if Kenny had to be behind the stoves for two weeks solid, fuck me, Kenny was there behind the stoves for two weeks solid and he loved every minute of it. But it didn't have to be day in, day out, forever. That isn't why you open your own restaurant to be like... I don't mean... Kenny was in the kitchen every single day when I was there. I, I don't mean that... I mean like... Behind the stove, yeah, yeah. I mean, physically, like a line shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. But I'm saying, like, physically, like, you're at at 50 year old. If you've been doing it all your life, and you and you know, and you get in (sighs) there at 8:30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, and you're doing a double and. Five days a week, and you just can't keep up with that at fifty-five. You just can't. Like no. you might think you can, but you just can't. Like, your, <laughs> your knees are going to be shot. Your back's going to be. You know, it's just. And like, it's not. It's not. It's not a good look. But anyway, let's go on. You. You. You You, work, you work for Kenny. So you left the. What made you leave the hotel and, and go and work for Kenny?
1: So I left Winyard. I. I kind of left. All. All in all, I left. Uh, I wanted an easier life. Um, I didn't want to work. 365 days, like 24 seven in a hotel, blah blah blah.
0: Yeah. And
1: there's a job came up here in Yarm in Stockton, uh, working for a very well-known chef actually, Marcus Bennett. Oh yeah. Um, and Johnny Hall. So yeah, yeah, Marcus and Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I know
0: them. I ran, uh, previous
1: uh, six at the Baltic and the Tontine. Yeah, um, yeah, so they've got like what five or six restaurants now. Them two. I
0: knew, yeah, I knew um, Johnny when he was a manager at the assistant manager at the Black Bull in nineteen ninety seven. Man, I've known Johnny forever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. So they've got a restaurant in Yarm called Muse, and it's you know I absolutely love eating there still to this day. I love eating there. It's, yeah. You know, chicken burners, steaks, a lot of salads, lush.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So. This was the the 22-year-old me speaking. Me, me... They offered me...
0: Yeah, sorry, go on. Me me mate used to be the head chef there. <laughs> Stee was the head. Shout out to Stee He was the head chef at me. Was, and my cousin worked there, Ian Munro. He worked there as well. My cousin. Oh,
1: yeah, Ian. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ian was there when I was there. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: he's my cousin. Uh, what does he do now? He does... He's, he's got his own <sighs> place in... He's got his own cafe now in... Um... Barnard Castle, is it? No, it's in uh, Great Yarm... No, not Great Yarm... Oh, what's it called? <laughs> Where Suggots is? what's, you remember Suggots, The Ice Cream? Where's that place? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yarmouth, is it? Yet? Or Great, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Just yeah, near Stalky. I know Street. exactly
1: what you mean. I just yeah, can't yeah. remember. He's
0: got his own, he's got his own cafe thing there now with him and his yeah, missus yeah. and he's doing a few, like markets and that. He's doing well.
1: He's doing well. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Because I spent
0: a lot um, of years in Yarmouth. I spent like from 96, 97. So I worked at Craythorn Hall. Do you know Crethon Hall? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did a little stint of judges. It didn't work out. I did a bit more of a stint at Craythorn Hall. That didn't work out either. <laughs> Crathorne <and> Hall, <laughs> fucking hell! Quick story about Craythorn Hall. That's the only place I've ever proper sobbed me heart out. Em. He, um, oh really? They, oh man, there was this fucking sushi, big, massive fucking Scottish bloke. He, he, I was only, I was like sixteen. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was getting picked up, so I was sixteen, and um, Bye. this fucker was a big unit, big Scottish bloke. I was fucking petrified of him, and I. swear that. Did you ever work in that kitchen by any chance? Did you ever work? Never. I uh, for
1: an interview there.
0: Right, so you know the pastry. The, the pastry was right out the back. So I swept from the pastry all the way through up on, through past the. Um, the larder section through past I just swept the whole kitchen. He said, Oh, it's not good enough, sweep it again. And I'd been there like seven days working AFD, like the whole kitchen caboodle. And anyway I swept it through he made me sweep it three times and I just started crying. That was it. I just it just just (laughs) broke me. I was like like, all my mates are at home fucking having a good time, I mean it's like midnight. And my dad was waiting in the car outside to pick me up and that and I was like fuck it. And I just fucking broke And, and and I went I I went back the next day and I got to the door and I just fucking turned around and fucked off that was it I didn't I never went back (laughs) I couldn't do it it broke me but anyway but then I moved. then I went down to Yarm and I worked at Le Brasserie I don't know if you remember that then I was at Chadwick's for three yeah yeah that was um that, Ma- was ton, uh, that was the time that was Mazzamore, wasn't it? Mazamo, do you remember? Do yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so I worked for him for a bit, and then I went to Chadwick's and I worked at Chadwick's for f- three or four years,
1: and then oh, Chadwick's used to be the place.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, so I worked there with Dave Brownless and and and, Abby and that, and Phil Vaux yeah. and all them. I worked with all them for like three. I think I was there three or four years before I went to Jersey, and then I come back and I was running Hyde. You know the Hyde Group.
1: Jesus, yeah.
0: I ran, yeah. So I ran the, the, them, yeah. I ran them for a few years before. Anyway, before I, then I moved on. Then I went and worked for Terry, and then went to Jasmine Dean House where you are now. But anyway, that's fucking enough about me and my fucking story. <laughs> but go on. So
1: yeah, yeah
0: so I know Yarn pretty well.
1: Yeah. So basically, I was, you know, I love when you. Heard, I love went for Alan. I just thought they got a I was like, what am I doing? Like. All my friends are like having fun all the time. They're out every weekend. So this job in Yam, it was more money. Uh, it was less hours. It was easier food. Uh, so less stress, less this. And I thought, fuck it, why not? Um, and I got there. Um, no disrespect to what Marcus and I'm doing. It's, it, honestly, it's incredible. I still love eating there, but cooking it is not for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't
1: it. enjoy it at all. Uh, and some people are born for a couple of hundred covers a day. Live for it, love it, and the guys in there did. They, they lived for it. They loved doing that many covers all the time. It just—it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, Horses for courses.
1: And Kenny had left Rockcliffe and was working. So he was working on setting House of Tides up. Uh, and in the meantime, he'd seen that Winifred was really short-staffed on Twitter. So he'd said, "Listen, like English Heritage, keep putting me behind." Um, you want me to come and do some freelance with you so i got him in so i'd spoken to kenny while he was there and then i left wynyard and then i, I had what must have been one of the worst days at Hyde uh, um muse sorry muse, yeah so i text kenny i was like kenny if you're ever looking for a sous chef give me a shout and he texts back saying i couldn't afford you um and I texted him back, I said, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, sorry, this isn't even on text. This is on Twitter. Yeah. Because Kenny, to me then, you know, he'd, he'd won Great British Menu twice. He was the head chef at Rockcliffe. He'd had a star at CML. He'd had a star on the Isle of Scilly. This man, honestly, was like, he was like a god. I, was, I can't even believe I'm having a conversation with him yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, 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 for sure. Never, never mind saying to him, if there's ever a sous chef job available, give me a shout. I'd love, do you know, never mind saying that to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, he invited me up and I drove around around roundabout the wrong way in front of him while he was talking to a journalist. <laughs> okay, um, walked in a week before it opened and it was just a building site. And Kenny's like, "This is going to be here. This is going to be here." The kitchen was a box. He was like, "We're going to have the stoves here. We're going to," and I'm like, "This place opens in a week and you're offering me a job, which is unreal." had to find somewhere to live, blah, 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 and I kid, and everything was ready. It was incredible. Yeah, mega. And um, all of that literally from a, a lucky Twitter DM to Kenny Atkinson.
0: Yeah, it just um, changed your career, right?
1: You know, for me, if I look back at how it happened, if it's so bizarre. If Winyard Hall hadn't been short-staffed, I wouldn't have met Kenny.
0: Yeah, yeah, if, if, his, if his restaurant hadn't have been delayed or whatever. Yeah, like the stars, yeah. the stars aligned, didn't they, basically?
1: It's so bizarre, and then all of that even leads up to now. I wouldn't have this job if it wasn't for being in Newcastle working for Kenny's. So, God, if I'd stayed at Muse, I could still be at Muse now. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Going
1: to black blackboard you know, after work, having pints and all that. <laughs> do you I? Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I oh, I
0: get it. But you wouldn't have, I don't think, to be honest. I think you would have You would have said this isn't working out and you'd have probably got somewhere else. And, you know, it would have probably worked itself out. I think oh, that, there, things, yeah, there'd all, always be a drive. You, yeah, and you always do things at the right moment. It's the same as what we've done in business. You think, well, that was lucky that we did that then. It's like... <laughs> Was that lucky or was that
1: just... Oh, did you see it? Yeah, did yeah, you see it
0: coming? you see it exactly. And, and you just felt yeah. like that that
1: was the right thing.
0: And you want, the one, you want to start within two years there, right? Was
1: it two years? Jesus. The, honestly, I've never met a man with so much drive and determination to make something successful. I'd never worked for someone like in such a close space. Yeah. Um you know I'd worked in a family business. In fact, Winyard Hall was a family business, still is. Uh, the pub that I worked in, that was a family business. So whoever Kenny was no different, but this guy was determined like Jesus. Um and he worked tirelessly and we worked with him, you know, there's still three or four members of staff from day one still there. Yeah, now.
0: well that's a credit to him um, for sure.
1: But working with him for the first year, so we open, he opened up in the, the January 2013, so then the Michelin comes out in September, and Kenny Kenny had wrote that off months. He was like, no chance of getting it in September, no chance. Um, well, he knew that, and then the, the next year, in January came, where you know they gave out three rosettes again, and um, I think, I can't remember when we got the rosettes, but then that year, the 2014, I think it must be, yeah, uh, um kenny we got the star and uh that was literally i remember kenny had been working and we'd been working with him you're talking like seven eight in the morning until one two i remember putting fish arms in at two a.m and kenny changing the menu at midnight and this isn't good enough that isn't good enough and it's working for someone like that has given me it gave me a new outlook and I, I didn't realise I had this outlook until I left and I had to set Jasmine Dean House up in the, in my imagination, like how I saw it, how I saw the kitchen. Yeah. And, but yeah, the, the star came relatively quickly, I think for, you know, Newcastle hasn't had, a, hadn't had a star for about 20 years previous to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we man. all know who
1: the last person to have that was. Yeah, yeah. Um. so, Getting that I think that not only meant a lot to to the boys and the girls in the kitchen and, you know, Kenny and his family, but I think it meant a lot to Kenny to To bring it home, to, have, to bring one home to, kind of thing. Yeah. To, because and again, this is something that, you know, I, I'm an I'm an adopted Jody. I'm not from Newcastle. Yeah. You know, Kenny was Newcastle through, through and through.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, he'd worked on a on the markets when he was younger, selling fruit and veg, this, that, and the other. He'd been an apprentice in the industry in Newcastle at the Vermont, and all it. He'd go and he'd come back, and he fucking smashed it. Is it when were you busy? The first, do you know? I hope I don't speak out of turn. Uh, the first six months was rammed.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think they call that the honeymoon period. Yeah. Uh, then after that, it died off a little bit, and. Kenny stuck by his gun and I can imagine a lot of people would shit themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah.
1: To be honest, maybe maybe he did. And he, you know, he's the boss, he's the leader, he's not gonna let you know, is he? Mm. Um, but he stuck by his guns and this is what we're doing. I believe in this, I believe in this food, I believe in tasting menus, I believe in the service we're off, I believe in everything that I'm offering. Um and it worked. And slowly it began to get bit and then the star. And boom, it it was busy. That's good. That's um, great. And for all you know, people say what they want about Michelin, this Michelin, that. People do love it. People know exactly what it means, and it's it's a mark of extreme. And I, I've learned this since I left House of Tides as well. It isn't a mark of quality. It's a mark of extreme quality. You know, mm-hmm. you can be really, really, really good and not have a Michelin star. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure, know, that's a fact. That is definitely a fact. House of Tides is in the top 1% of restaurants in the United Kingdom. That's, you know, when you're looking at the four rosettes and the star, yeah, that's yeah. next level, like, attention to detail and stuff like that. And it, honestly, being a part of that was just incredible to to learn. Just, honestly, not even the cooking, Robbie, not even learning the cooking, just learning the the ethos the philosophy yeah, the, the
0: mindset right uh, the mindset yeah. That. yeah yeah i get it i would never
1: seen anyone do work like that
0: yeah and that's one of the great things about working with someone like there's probably a few times i probably like, i've got to be honest. i don't know if i ever really truly got that in my career to be honest not that my career is over but i don't think i've ever like when i when i got with working with terry he he was more you know he was more in the management running a few restaurants, and I got it for a few months. Well, about a, when we opened Jasmine Dean, he was there all the time and pushing. Yeah. You know, obviously because we opened it for the first year, year and a half, and then there was another period where there was no head chef. So I ran it over one Christmas, and he come in and helped me run it for for, for a few months over Christmas. Or oh, I helped him run it, should I say? That? He, he, yeah, Terry come in and help me run it. No, I, I was de- he coming and I was helping him. That's for sure. Fuck it, I'll take that one anyway. And then. Um, uh yeah so that was probably like working really closely with him there that was you just learned so much so what i 'm saying I guess what i the point i'm trying to make is if you were lucky enough to get with someone like Kenny who's trying to got his own restaurant, I think it might be one of his if he's not his only and first restaurant is it he was it was yeah, yeah yeah, so it's his own venture and you're with him and he's pushing and you know he's pushing not that doesn't happen to everyone you look you know I think you're pretty lucky if you manage to get into that role like yeah basically I think that's that that that's a good a great opportunity and, and I think you you can count yourself lucky for that really
1: I think a, a way to point out exactly the difference between working for someone who works for someone and getting a star that's incredible um and Kenny as I say Kenny had had a star in the Alice silly had a star at CM hall um, he had three rosettes at Rockcliffe you incredibly talented he'd worked in incredible venues all his life. And I've never seen a man's face so fucking happy when he got the star at House of Tides.
0: Yeah, in his own venture. and
1: that. Yeah, his own money. You know, he put everything on the line. Everything. And it, you know, a star doesn't mean it's paid off. You know, restaurants with stars still fuck up. They still go down. They still, um, but, it did it, and it really did help the business incredibly.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but as a chef, it doesn't matter how many times you have an interview and you say, oh, we just want bums on seats. As a chef, it is always in the back. I don't care if you're a, if you're a pub chef. You know what Michelin is. In the back of your mind, you have a drive. You want to be, be Gordon Ramsay one day. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? And Definitely. honestly, seeing, seeing what it meant to someone to do it off his own back with his own money with everything, his own ideas, the artwork he picked, the cutlery he picked, the crockery he picked, not necessarily any outside him, just him and his, his family deciding what they want for a restaurant and having guests come and tell you it's good, having inspectors come and tell you it's good, watching how, what that meant to someone, it's helped me so much. Honestly, I, I draw on that inspiration weekly in this hotel now.
0: So, so is, that, is that, you know, like you've just said, is that your, would you love to get a start at Jesmond Dean House? Is that your dream? Is that, is that, is that your ambition? Is that your
1: goal? I think, like I said, I think for every, any chef with any drive or anything about them, they know what Michelin is, they know what it means. I've taken Jasmine Dean House down a route now of ingredient lead uh ingredient modern kind of food
0: yeah
1: um and you know i still do you know i've just put liver and onions on things like that but you know i'm buying the best liver i can get my hands on and we've got i don't know lovely cod on with a little tart sauce and leeks and there's nothing to say you can't get sado and stuff like this nothing to say you can't at all but my aim and again i know i've just contradicted i'm going to contradict myself here um I aim here is just to have a good team that cooks outstanding food that guests love to come and eat. Yeah. Um, you
0: can build on ultimately, that, role, right? You can build on that. Once you get that, you can build on it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And ultimately, do I want a star? Personally, I want a star. Do I want one at Jesmond Dean House? If it's going to make the business busy, then yeah, I want one.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry, if it's going to make the business busier, then yeah, I want one. A star for me is very personal. I I would rather not get one here but continue with a lovely busy restaurant and a busy hotel, happy mm. days. And when I have my own place, that would mean a hundred times more to me because it, it is a little bit selfish. I want a star.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I not don't... Danny at, Je- at Jesmond Dean, it's yours, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I, I took this job because I wanted to work in a hotel environment again. I wanted to work with Jesus 20 chefs. Um, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part of the the regeneration of Jasmine Dean House. You know, we've had a refurbished restaurant and private dining rooms. And, you know, I really wanted to be a part of that. And honestly, a star never has crossed my mind since I came here because that's not, it's not what we're about. We're about excellence and brilliant food and, we're not about the. It's difficult to describe because they are very similar things, but we just want to do excellent food that people enjoy. Happy and customers, I eh? think. Happy customers. Yeah. I think people have said it all, all forever since time began, but if we have happy customers, no doubt accolades will come.
0: Yeah, yeah. It but is. you must feel the pressure because ultimately you've, you've, you come from there, you're the head chef at Kenny's Place, like you say, and you know, you've got, you've moved, yeah. you, you, you know, there's definitely people, you must feel a little bit of expectation because, you know, I guess you, you, when you come from that restaurant, you go out when you want, people just expect that, even if they don't know you, they don't know the philosophy, they don't know what, even what your goals are personally, or, as the, as a hotel, they don't know what the goals are, but still, there's definitely the outside thinking, or oh, the, the, the you know they've got this guy in to try and win a star, and it, that's all that's yeah. all, that's always hung over Jasmine Dean house uh, Jasmine Jes- Dean yeah. house's head, to be honest. You know, with Terry, he yeah. had the star. This is his big restaurant. And then, you know, Pierre as well. Pierre had come from the yeah. the window glass house. He'd come from the glass house, which was, a, I think that's right, it was a two-star at the time. He'd come up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you were to, let's just sit, let's just dream for a minute. If you were to, it would be a nice feather in your, butt, in your cap, wouldn't it? That would be for sure.
1: Jesus, it would be, to do that here it would be, it would be outstanding.
0: Yeah, it would be. It um,
1: would be. But it is it's funny you say that about the pressure and the, The thoughts of other people and stuff like that is what really probably affected me when I got here. Yeah. Was I put this pressure on myself because I thought people expected this. I thought, you know, Peter Candler, the boss, I thought he expected this. He never said anything. Yeah, yeah. I thought the guests coming wanted this. I thought the people. Looking at me on Instagram and Twitter, seeing I was leaving, Kenny wanted this, but no one had ever, never, no one had ever told me this isn't what we expected, or this is. No one's ever said anything like that, but I did that to myself.
0: Yeah, you created your, own, created it around yourself. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, and now as a much more relaxed chef with a much more relaxed team and a much more relaxed outlook on the food we produce. The food's ten times better than this time last year. Hmm. It's night and day. Um, it's absolutely a lot more simplified. And I've never enjoyed cooking so much as I do now. That's amazing. And I never thought I'd say that because what, eighteen months ago I wanted to spend three months working on a canopy. Yeah, and yeah, working yeah. out that how big should we cut that truffle and ooh, should we get some Alba truffles in or Oh, no, I think that needs 25 seconds less in the oven. Fuck me. Now, I'm looking at dishes and thinking, you know, liver and onions is really nice. I want to put that on the menu here, but I want it to be better than everyone else's liver and onions. Mm. I don't want to come up with something that no one else is doing. That's absolutely not my outlook on that. Uh, you know, with Carl on the pastry, he's got lemon tart on, he's got an apple pie on. But he's not high. He's not pretending. Oh, I've got a deconstructed nonsense. He's got a fucking apple pie on the menu.
0: Nonsense, exactly. Fucking nonsense. Like, and it's
1: lush. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's what people want <laughs> like, as well. And you've got to, you've got to realize the surroundings and that as well. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and your it. customer learn what your customer who your customer is and what they want, and you know, looking out over I don't know. I get I hear what you're saying, but I see you you must be pretty competitive. You know, you, you, maybe that, maybe that's the <laughs> reason. I, I would say you were, because you know, just running by a few things. You North East Chef of the Year finalist, I think, and Master yeah. Chef Professional finalist, and National. Oh. Chef the, uh, Always the bridesmaid. That's fucking I, mean, I, never, get, I never even got the wedding, so I wouldn't even fucking worry about it. The um, Great British menu, 17 and 18. So you're definitely like pushing yourself and doing the competitions. Yeah. How, would you say you're competitive?
1: Absolutely. I'm. Yeah. Competitive in every little... And sometimes, I'll be honest, Robbie, it's a downfall because I treat fucking... I treat wiping my bench down as a competition.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: like why have I wiped my bench down quicker than you Danny I'm 17 I've only been with you for two weeks I yeah. know but why have I wiped my bench down quicker than you you're 17 you're a spring chicken Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff like that but no the competitives that it came again I didn't do anything until I worked for Kenny and um, um, Masterchef send emails out to I'd say pretty much every restaurant in the country and they're looking for chefs to do the professionals and Kenny went, Why don't you do it? And I went, Kenny, that you've only been open, I think, two months at this point. There's a lot going on. He was like, Fuck it, apply. See if you can do it. Um, so I applied and they phoned me up and they said, So on the application, they asked like, that is there any dates that you can't have an interview? And I'd put the dates that I was going to Spain. So I couldn't do the interview then. And I'd put I'd tick Manchester for my preferred interview place over London. And they phoned me, they went, Oh, can you can you come for an interview? Like next week I was No, I'm I'm in Spain. I'm like, all right. Can you come to London tomorrow? Um, I, I doubt it. I've got work and, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, I work for Kenny. Fuck, like, well, anyway, Kenny was there and he was like, What's, so I said, oh, the one we to go, he was like, yeah, do it. Oh, and
0: that's Kenny nice.
1: booked me a train. While I'm on the phone, Kenny booked me the train, paid for the train and said, come back for dinner service. <laughs> oh, so you went to London Does in the way?
0: morning and come back for dinner?
1: Yeah. Oh, good so, for you. <laughs> He, he pushed it and. How was it? Was it a good experience? It was one of the most incredible experiences as a cook I've ever had. I learned so much about myself in that process. And I worked with some incredible chefs uh, during that process. I did a couple of days filming at Hibiscus with Claude Mossy. Yeah. Marcus Waring as the, the judge Monica Galetti as the judge and the, the chefs that I, that were in the competition especially towards the end Sven was sous chef at the Ritz um, I'm very good friends with him now um, Jamie who won has his own restaurant in, New- in Scotland now Brian who was in the final he's now a partner in his own restaurant and um, they taught me you're actually not that good a cook.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, was there any part of it where you were nervous to make a fool of yourself? Every part
1: of it. Yeah. Every single part of it. But do you know what? Once you've, once you've cooked a crab for Marcus Warren and you've, you've plated it up and you've got the lovely claw on top and you haven't taken the cartilage out and Marcus knows that you haven't taken the cartilage, he watched you prepare it. He watched you plate it up. He knew from the second he walked over to eat my dish that I had left the cartilage in. Yeah. And he walked over, picked the claw up and pulled the cartilage out and went, I'm not going to eat that. And carried on it. Once you've done that, there's no more fool you can make of yourself, really. Yeah, and no, it's <laughs> um, the last
0: time you're going to do that, isn't it? That's for sure. Lesson but learned. No, it,
1: that was like a catalyst for me for competitions. And it, it really taught me that, you know, I thought I was Billy Big Bollocks. Sous chef for Kerry Atkinson in Newcastle. You know the, the hottest opening in the northeast for years. Um, Master Chef final four. Thought I was the boy. Uh, I looked around and I, I looked the, the week I got knocked out. I still don't think I've watched it, but
0: well, I saw what in.
1: they yeah I saw what they cooked. And I'm looking. I'm like honestly, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, you yeah. are incredible. Uh, one of the lads was using pressure cookers every week, Jamie and it blew my I'd never used them really I'd use them for the art so na- I made it after Masterchef I did a lot of research into pressure because how can he do something that I can yeah. that's not fair <laughs> and that really that's probably the competitive thing that's is definitely the competitive it, driving it's for not sure. so much yeah it's not so much wanting to win the competition it's why is he better than me I want to know why he can cook better food than me or why he's more composed than me. Why is he more organized than me? And what can I learn from him to make myself more organized or season my food better or make a better sort, whatever it is. And that really happened on MasterChef. And then going back to a kitchen where you have a full team of chefs, everything becomes instantly easier. I think I, um, I, I think you've got. So you
0: went up to you there, but I just want to say well, something on my tongue. I really feel like you know I take my hat off to you for that. Honestly, like well for you know not not just that, but well you know that would probably scare. I would definitely then not so much now. I would definitely be scared when I was younger. I was definitely scared when I was younger um, of them kind of things of like making a fool of yourself and and being showing your vulnerable side. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It takes a lot to do that, I reckon. So I think, you know, you deserve a pat on the back for that, for sure.
1: I was honestly, you know, my friends have laughed at me ever since. I was shaking like crazy on the first that first two episodes. So the first one was Signature Dish. So I'd, this was, I'd practice this dish over and over and over again. And the second, <laughs> the second one was Monica's Skills Test. Um, so the first dish, I did a lovely quail dish, so roasted the quail, stuffed the leg, raisins, like a little raisin puree, pickled sultanas, celeriac remoulade, um, and I cooked this dish. So it was the first year that Marcus had done it, so they changed the whole concept of the order of everything that you do. Yeah. So I did this dish and Marcus ate it. I'm literally stood there, there shaking, shaking. I've never I've never met Marcus. Fuck, two-star chef Marcus Warren. work for Gordon and this, yeah, that. he's new. got that reputation Shitting as myself. well, right? Yeah, he's got a big yeah, reputation. A big reputation. There's Monica stood there who's done MasterChef forever. She's worked at Le Gavroche forever. And I'm stood there like, fuck me, he's eat my food. And he... He ate the dish, Monica ate the dish, and they looked at me. And Marcus went, Danny, I would put that dish on my own restaurant menu. Nice, nice. And then I remember we did the, the exit interview afterwards. After Danny, how do you think that went? Do, do you know, do you think you'll be in? Do you think you think you might get knocked out? And I'd be like, You just don't know, do you? Like the chef. And I'm now I look back and I'm like, Marcus literally said. I'd put it on the mat and I'm sat there afterwards scared that I'm going to get knocked out and then the skills test my skills test was to create three canapes in 15 minutes one of them was a blini one of them was a crostini and one of them was a volovan. all of which are very simple things couldn't make a volovan. I forgot how to get the hole in oh, the middle of a volovan. yeah okay so what I did was I basically cooked a donut of pastry. <laughs> um, and, then, and then filled it with crab. Monica picked it up, and she went, we both know what's going to happen when I pick this up, don't we? And it just fell through. <laughs> it just fucking fell through. <laughs> luckily, again, luckily I got put through. But honestly, I was so scared. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I look back, and it's... After you've done stuff like that, it's... The rest of the competition became almost easier after that because I've made a fool of myself. Uh, we're through. You get used to the cameras and stuff like that. But it, it really was the it was a catalyst for the rest of the competitions that I've done in that when you go back to the kitchen, you understand there's a full team of chefs and you are, oh, it's so cheesy. You're only as strong as the weakest person in the kitchen because they all make it happen. And that—that that is something that, I've spoken about with the young lads in the kitchen, you know, one of them wants to do Northeast chef of the year next year, the young one, they're like, go for it. Cause you will understand how easy your life is in this kitchen when you come back. Yeah. And I honestly, I just think it's, it's one of the best things a young chef can do is competition. It doesn't matter what competition it is. I just think it's incredible. And then moving on from that, the Rue scholarship, that, was so far out of my depths. <laughs> I've I have never been that deep in the shit. Yeah. Or nervous. And again at this point, I've been head chef for Kenny at this point for four years, I think. You know, I've met I Kenny did an event with James Martin. And you know, I went and cooked in James's kitchen with him and stuff like that. And he was and still shitting myself. Looking at the judges walking round and Looking at the other chefs in the kitchen, like those boys from Longclue and from Sat and it—it sounds cheap. Pinching myself, thinking, how am I amongst these people?
0: Mm. Well, it happened pretty quick, I guess. Do you know what I mean? From yam and whatnot to to within four years, you 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 know you're right up there. Yeah, you, you know, it must have been a fucking. It must have been a crazy, like a, an accelerated four years, like in a Ferrari. So I pinned back to the seat, just like, whoa, what the fuck's going on?
1: It's so much like that. And, you know, sometimes, honestly, Robbie, you, you have to. I look at the, the top chefs of today and you read the story. You know, you, you look at what Sat, Sat Baines has done. You look at what Jason Atherton's done, what Tommy Banks has been through and how he got to where he is and Phil Howard and all these guys, even these guys, head chefs now and stuff like that. Like, And I sometimes have to look and go, why? You know, I didn't go through that. I didn't go through toiling away in London 6 a.m. until midnight and this, that, and the other. And am I lucky to be where I am? And I think I, I, I very much am. I, I've hit some very lucky points where I've been able to learn a lot very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And without a doubt, there's still stuff. You know, you, you'll see on Instagram the terrains and stuff that we're making here now are uh, Years old, years and years older yeah, than yeah. me. Some of the recipes, yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. And I'm enjoying going back to them and looking at them now with a, a different light. Of, I didn't, when I used to make these, I didn't actually understand them
0: and what was going on. Yeah, the emulsification, how or, does it cook? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How
1: yeah,
0: does it come? Why heat does it cook? And all that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. 100%. Definitely,
1: so now I get to go back and I get to teach this to the younger lads do you know what I mean and understand it more they don't need to know this learn that I'm understanding it more as I teach them
0: I I, I look back sometimes as well like you're saying and I think like Fucking hell. How was I even doing that? Like, if I, if I can even think of what I knew at that point, how was I like, what the fuck? I knew nothing. How was he even like making all that happen? It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've heard you say as well that if you weren't going to be a chef, you'd have been in the army. Is, that, is, yeah. is it I like to think I would <laughs> yeah yeah exactly do you um? what do you like because they've got there's quite a, not a lot of similarities obviously one's incredibly high risk and one isn't <laughs> and uh, but there is a few similarities you know the 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 yeah. the the the, 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 the like the brigade, the team effort, you know, all yeah. looking after each other, watching each other's back, you know, just all, in, there is, is—and you know, a high drive, long hours, in the trenches, as you would, you know, you'd say in the kitchen. Yeah, not, yeah. But, so there is quite similarity. Do you think you thrive in that environment?
1: Um, absolutely. I, I love, so my dad was in the army for 25 years. Um, he was in the Coldstream Guards for 25 years. and Yeah. His brothers were all in the army, blah. blah. It was just... It wasn't like, oh, he's going to go in the-. It was, I Honestly, I, I wanted to do it. And I remember... I look back now. I had, you know, pleats in my trousers because every time my dad ironed things. I had the fucking... I had the shiniest shoes in school <laughs> yeah. because my dad made me fucking... I was polishing them on a Sunday night. Do you know what I mean? Sat on the back porch. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. And it's the regimented organisation that I just absolutely love i love that people think that cooking is all about cooking and it's not being a cook is all about cooking but being a chef 50 percent of it is organization and if you, you can be the most talented cook in the world but if you shit at organising, you're not going to make it.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah, some of the best cooks in the world are like nanas and mams and that, and the, you know, cooking yeah. unbelievably tasty food, but they can only produce it for two or four or six or that's something. It. But it's it's being able to produce that for fifty or sixty or eighty. Exactly. That's what separates the you know the the the, the, the chef from the cook, effectively.
1: Exactly, and there's that part, and the other part is. You don't, it's not something that you get in many other jobs is the fact that everyone, everyone's mood affects everyone else's mood and everyone else's workload affects everyone else's work. If, if the garnish boy's in the shit, Carlos and Lada, you're in the shit as well, mate.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Especially like you say, if you've got fish and meat and fish meat and fish section. It had, it's like, like going
1: on his break.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. If, and it, like if coming up on some, a piece of cod or whatever, and the guy in the meat section is overcooked his duck. Well, then you're, you're as fucked as he is. It doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. It's that team bond that you don't even realize you're building, but everyone is in the same boat all of the time. And I, I I just absolutely thrive on the fact that one person can put the entire kitchen in the shit yeah. or one person can bring the entire kitchen out of the shit.
0: That was a great thing about working at and Rockpool. And that just... I swear to God, sorry you you yeah. Was working at Rockpool was... If one person in the shit, there was always like fucking 35 chefs ready to jump on to pull him out. I swear to God, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. They'd just be like, oh, you, you, and you just jump on there and give him a push. It was fucking unbelievable. I'd never seen it. No, no, in England and that, it's just like, if you're going down, you're just praying that someone's going to help you. Like, please God, send yeah. someone over. Do you know what I mean? But there, it was just like but that- fucking, there'd be so many people to help you out. It was, it was great.
1: I mean, that's the dream. Yeah, it was.
0: It was. Yeah, a lot of chefs. You know, a lot of
1: chefs. we're absolutely never gonna. You never fix the thing in in the industry. Like people getting the shit all the time in the industry. It's not. It's not a secret. It's not special for Jesmond Dean House that the garnish chef goes down sometimes. Um, but the fact that you're all responsible for each other, it is. It's that army mentality that. You know, we're absolutely not in the 1980s or the 90s. People aren't chat like they're in the army anymore. But there, there's the similarities between the squadrons and the, the how people work and stuff like that. And the fact that it, it doesn't matter whether 90% of the kitchen's set, the other 10% need setting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: you're all going to do it as a team, and you know, you're all going to tell each other when they're not doing good enough, just as I would expect the soldiers to do because at the end of the day if you don't have my back I'm not going to have your back and I love watching that especially since I've come here and you know I've got a nice young team that I've put together watching them build that team and that bond it's incredible to watch and to see it happen. You can create
0: with a great team ethic and a great team vibe. You can create some amazing things. It doesn't matter how skilled people are. If, if there's a good leader, a good leader and a, and a team that's all working together. We've seen it time and time. Leicester won the fucking Premier League. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like It can, yeah. it, you know, it can, with it, it can happen. You can create a lot with a, with a good group of lads all pushing the same direction more than, Sometimes and skilled lads all for battling against each other. Do you know what I mean? Putting each other down. So I think you want to you know, if you if you can create that, you you're halfway there for sure.
1: I just wanna It literally is. It, it is. is it's about creating that.
0: Yeah, it's do you um do you enjoy cooking the same food as you enjoy
1: eating? I'm in a really weird situation at the moment. I love like I I literally, I had this conversation with a friend the other day, actually. If I was to go to London tomorrow, I have a list as long as my arm of one, two, and three star restaurants that I want to eat at. And I love cooking that food. Yeah. And I also have a list as long as my other arm of casual dining places that I want to eat. And I couldn't think of anything worse than cooking 200 tapas a day. But, that, that. but you enjoy eating. Absolutely. It. There is nothing I love more than going to a restaurant and ordering too much food for my table and looking and thinking, Jesus, why did I order so much? But all of it sounds so tasty. And there's like, there's a place in York called Scosh. Um, everything on the menu just sounds incredible. <laughs> you're not going for three courses, uh, sorry, you're not going for 10 courses and wine pairing and, and cheese and the prestige wine pairing and. Then, Do you want me to cuddle you while I give you it? None of that. You're going to get some really unreal food. And I think at the moment, I'm starting to come to a crossroads in my life of food as what do I enjoy cooking and what do I enjoy eating? Because at the moment, I'm really enjoying cooking classical food really well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's that's Um, I
0: love that. That's my style for sure.
1: And the eating... Do I enjoy eating fine dining? Absolutely, I love it. But I'm not doing it every week.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's. I think it's a, it's a tear up between... I was just talking to Peter Gunn the other day and he was saying, like, he doesn't, you know. He, he out, out and out says, he, he, he likes eating really simple or cheap Chinese, he even says, or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah. He, like, he loves all that. But he, he actually, what he really loves is the logistics and... You know the that's organizing it. Making, it happen. making it happen yeah exactly making yeah. it happen he loves he loves that challenge of making it all happen and, and whatnot it's, it's just it's just an interesting question like for me personally i think i'm i do enjoy cooking what i enjoy eating that's just me that's just what i that's yeah. what i like you know it's just the way i am it's interesting everyone's like you say horses for courses each to their own whatever it's just an interesting question i think that you can, you can think the really, about.
1: the really funny thing about this industry, and especially in a hotel, um, you feel like. So when I came here, I felt like I need to cook for the people that come to Jasmine Dean House. When in actual fact, I need to cook food that I enjoy cooking, and that I enjoy eating. And I, I got this from just the other day, Sam Fender from South Shields released his new album and I listened to him on the radio and he said that he used to write music to what he thought people would enjoy listening to Mm. and then something I'm not sure what I I probably turned the radio off at some point or had a phone call something terrible happened or there was a big life event and he thought fuck it I'm just going to write music that that I enjoy playing and it comes from the heart then And that's what I've learned when I, you know, I love fancy pants food. Um, Taking hours to do this and getting your tongs, putting your little flowers on and this, that, and the other. And I love that because of generally people come for a special occasion and, you know, they want to be blown away in that instance and stuff like that. But cooking, some of the stuff that we do now at Jasmine Dean House, I keep going back to the liver and mash because it's liver and mash. But it's so enjoyable to, to get a really nice piece of liver, prepare it really well, make a beautiful Madeira sauce, get some lovely Yukon gold potatoes and cream them. So they're almost, is it cream? Is it potato? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> but the, and it's so enjoyable to cook it. We're not stressing out. We're not losing our marbles. We're pan frying some liver. Our sauce is on plus, And we're creaming some mash to order. And there's three people that do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's it. so if, if, enjoyable. If you're enjoying it exactly. If you, well, that's that's what you all. That's I guess that's what you're searching for, and that's what everyone's searching for, isn't it? To enjoy, enjoy, yeah. enjoy your job because you're doing it so I think- much. You might, as, you know, that's you need it. to be enjoying it and making it fun or whatever. There's a lot to be taken from that, I think, you know, like, and from that question, I think there's a lot to be taken from it. If you look at that's yourself. It. It's
1: a big question, that.
0: It is. And if you look at yourself and, and what, and also like in a business sense is is like, I also like cooking stuff that makes money. That's also, that's also, a, tr- that's also yeah. a truth. Do you know what I mean? Like... I enjoy, I personally enjoy that side of things, like creating, you have to I I create like a terrain. Like, you know, obviously I'm into that fucking business massively, but you know, turning a a B class product into an A class product. I enjoy that. That's a process that I I really enjoy doing. Do you know what I mean? Turning chicken livers, which, you know, however much go in the bin, or oh, people don't use, or you know, they get used on the odd bruschetta, or the bruschetta or whatever you want now and again. But turn them into a pate, it's a whole different ball game. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's incredible being able to do things like that.
0: For sure. Listen, I won't keep you much longer. I've got a few last few things. Um, where can people get hold of you? On Insta- <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no. <laughs> how come- <laughs> how co- <laughs> if people want to follow you on Instagram or whatever? How how do, how do people follow you and and, and um, follow your your career?
1: Instagram, I am Danny underscore parker three four. Yep. Um, that's probably the best one these days. I think I fell out with Twitter a little bit. There's not too much goes on there. Yeah, everyone, um, I think that's
0: everyone but, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but Twitter is d parker chef.
0: And Jesmond Dean
1: House
0: House has got an Instagram and that, I think, as well, haven't they? Yeah,
1: we've got the Instagram at Jesmond Dean House. um, And Twitter's the same, actually, at Jesmond Dean House. Really really quick and
0: easy perfect and what I was going to say is good luck with the winter because uh, Jesmond Dean House in the in the winter is a beautiful spot it's so Christmas and all the trees and all the rest of it and the snow it's beautiful so good luck with the Christmas thanks for thanks for your time Danny nice to, nice to chat to you and I hope I hope it all works out well and, and yeah and good luck and I'm, I'm back home in, in uh, February so I'm, I'm going to try and swing by and say good day
1: yeah, Cesar was saying just the other day, actually. Oh yeah, what a bloke! What a bloke! Shout out
0: to Cesar, by the way. What a what an absolute legend that boy is.
1: I know the stories he's been telling me. I can't believe that you gave it. You gave him his name, and you put him in the kitchen. Yeah, the yeah. Rest, it's me, Jesus. The rest probably, of history. It's
0: probably yeah. It's probably my greatest, greatest. Um, what would you say, me? Greatest greatest move I've ever done. I would he best is, recruitment, he's maybe.
1: Outstanding.
0: Beautiful. Well listen, Danny, thanks again. Thanks very much for your time. And yeah, good luck for the winter and whatnot. And hopefully I'll see you in February.
1: Absolute pleasure, Robbie. I hope to see you in February as well. Take care, look after yourself. Bye, mate. You too. Bye-bye. That's all, folks.